The Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast is brought to you on the Feral Audio Network. Go to feralaudio.com and shop through their Amazon portal to support all the great feral artists. For all those times you stood by me. What? This is, it's like start. this song is playing for the artist. It's just a song. Yeah, it's really starting off with a badass uh, Everybody support jam. the artists. Listen, guys, I know it's hard to believe, but Celine Dion doesn't just make up the music when she steps up to the microphone. Behind every horse-faced Quebecois diva, there is hunched a scribe who has labored over the music and lyrics these singers barf from their mouths. So good. <laughs> We're all listening to the same song, right? Good pause. Very dramatic. So today's episode is all about the pop songwriter, and the pop songwriter enjoys quiet success as the secret weapon of our cultural gods. When you step back and take a look of, at the work of a great songwriter, you realize they are not Thor's hammer. They are Thor himself, pounding unforgettable songs into our heads like a ripped, handsome maniac. You get the idea, right, guys? Sounds like that was said by a writer. <laughs> so today, Beyond Yacht Rock embarks on a five-week journey paying tribute to the best of these songwriters. We're going to look at the songwriters whose distinctive styles and genres in and of themselves... Oh, whose distinctive styles are genres in and of themselves. Um, through the famous people who sing their songs, these writers have, with very little fanfare, created the soundtrack to our lives. <laughs> they, sh they shaped our childhoods, they've dominated our karaoke nights, and this week's songwriter is a great one to shove us off. This song we're listening to, this piece of beauty, <laughs> is Because You Love Me by Celine Dion. It was one of Celine Dion's four number one hits. Unfortunately, it sucks. Well, hey. But get this. For the song's writer, it was one amongst her eight number one hits. That's as many as the Rolling Stones. She's got more number ones than Phil Collins or Hall & Oates. This woman had over 80 top ten songs. 80! She's one of the most prolific artists in pop music, having left her mark on four decades in every genre in pop. From rock to R&B to garbage like this. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There it is. And unbeknownst to me until very recently, she wrote some of my favorite songs of all time. And you may have never even heard her name. So I'm going to tell you her name. Diane Warren. Name dropper. Although, honestly, if you do know the names of any professional songwriters that there have been in my lifetime, uh, she's one of probably the two or three you have heard of. Can I have my illusion of mystery? I want to feel like I'm blowing people's minds. All right, let's blow some fucking minds, JD. Welcome to the Beyond Yacht Rock Songwriter Series Part 1, the super secret songs of the enigma that is Diane Warren. Welcome to the Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast. Uh, we make up genres, we count them down. My name is J.D. Riznar. I've got high cholesterol. Hollywood's Steve. Uh, my cholesterol's okay, but my triglycerides were a little elevated, probably because I drank less than 48 hours before I went in for the test. David Lyons. <laughs> David Lyons. Uh, I took my blood pressure yesterday. It was remarkable. Got a checkup tomorrow. 
Good luck with that. Congratulations. Hunter's, Thanks, Hunter's, pals. Hunter Stare. I said goodbye to all those problems when I became a vegetarian. Oh. Uh, fucking oh, yeah, and I'm Hunter. Hi. Uh, so at the beginning of Ironic every, name for a vegetarian. At the beginning of every episode of this podcast, we like to pay tribute to the musical genre that is Yacht Rock and throw a bone to the fans of the Yacht Rock musical genre. What do we have here, Hollywood Steve? Oh my god, this is so fucking yachty. This is uh, Nielsen Pearson with If You Should Sail. It's not only a Yacht Rock song in sound, it's also literally about sailing. It's insane how few true Yacht Rock songs are about sailing. It's a very ironic reality of the Yacht Rock world. Which is exactly why I wanted to call it Marina Rock. You're really going to have to explain to us what that means someday. Yeah, you're really going to have to do that episode someday. We'll get there. I don't get it. So what can you tell us about Nielsen Pearson? Well, I've collected the, some fun facts about Nielsen Pearson. The name they, of that band just rolls off the tongue, Nielsen by the way. Pearson. Nielsen Pearson. <laughs> they are composed of Reed Nielsen and Mark Pearson. Uh, they released their first album as the Nielsen Pearson Band, uh, and that included future SNL band leader Lenny Pickett. Lenny Pickett! Lenny Pickett! I, that wasn't my Don Pardo. That was just me yelling Lenny Pickett. Uh, then for their second album, they shortened their name to Nielsen slash Pearson. Uh, and, and then Nielsen Pearson, right? Yeah, Nielsen Pearson. That was... It's, it's Nier, odd. Nielsen got a lot closer. It's odd they couldn't hold on to an audience. <laughs> uh, the guys, some of the guys who played on this album, uh, this is this song comes from the second album. Uh, it had David Foster, Victor Feldman, Jay Wining, Peter Wolf of the Jay Giles Band. Uh, they also had vocal support from the Waters sisters, Maxine and Julia, who worked frequently with Gino Vanelli and his brothers. And. Even though it's linked this way on Wikipedia, this Maxine Waters is not the same Maxine Waters from Southern California, who is a long-serving member of the House of Representatives. Hunter, are the Waters sisters uh, your mom's sisters? Yes, probably. Hunter's well, mom's maiden name is Waters. Actually, oh, now we can mom. hack his accounts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> actually, they're from uh, Pike. With the, the uh, Island Nation in Game of Thrones. Yes. Did you know that's a that's a lesser known uh, oh, oh, a bastard surname? A Game of Thrones surname. Oh, yeah. this is a great podcast. <laughs> uh, I, this I'm, I love this song. I've known about it for a week. Uh, the guy who <laughs> this guy uh, we we actually got invited to do our podcast in Austin in September. More details to follow. Um, let's listen to this shit again. This is a good song. Uh, this is guy Skippy McFadden who booked us. Uh, he turned me on to this, and I said it would be my next bone throw. And then Steve and then beat, I me beat me to you it. to it. Because yeah. we got the same mind. We're in love. And and this is not the first song we've fought over who gets to do it on the Songwriter series. On, on April 20, 27th, I received a tweet from uh, Lighthouse Flashing that told me about this song, and it blew my mind, so it was in my bone pipe, too, and Steve beat me also. I beat you both. Yeah. And shout out to... Uh, on Spotify, Lost Hits from the 80s. It's a great compilation. It's yeah. the one instance of this song and Amy Holland's How Do I Survive. Yeah. Good stuff Also, on that. Also, if you can find them, guys, check out the Radio Days, D-A-Z-E, oh, series that. from Rhino Records. It's a five-volume early 80s soft rock collection yeah. I, where I found some of these bones. Thank you, faceless compilationist. Rhino really had some good comps. God, Rhino was so good. Yeah, they were. 
Hey, you remember when I mentioned a couple seconds ago that we were, might do a live podcast in Austin? No. Yeah, what's up, JD? Well, we're definitely doing a live podcast in San Diego um, on Saturday, July 23rd. That's Comic-Con weekend. Yeah, 4 p.m. It's a happy hour podcast mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the Whistle Stop Bar. Cool um, bar. And really cool do, bar. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do it yet. I imagine we have some special guests drop by. And it's going to be, uh, we don't know what to call it yet, like the Yacht Rock Record Club. We're going to listen to Kenny Loggins' Celebrate Me Home. Track by track. Track by track. And make our comments like this and maybe uh, be a little more crowd-pleasing. Yeah. So oh, more, dick, more dick jokes? You're really, sell- <laughs> You're really selling this strong. Let's please more crowd. crowd-pleasing? Well, each with each huh. podcast, I'll have more idea of what we're doing and be able to sell it more. Yeah, it's going to be even more crowd-pleasing. That's all I can say now. So make your it's plans to, to, be to, to be in San Diego on the 23rd. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna great. It's going to be fun. Come see us. Uh, you guys want to talk about Diane Warren? Yeah, yeah, let's get into this songwriter series, the first of five episodes. So who is Diane Warren? D is for dedication. I is for incredible. A is for a woman. All right. I can't believe you're not a songwriter. I know I should be, but I can't because Diane Warren has written all the songs that are ever going to be written. She took them all. (laughs) Uh, And Max Martin took the rest. So this song, Take It to Heart by Michael McDonald, uh, is a song she wrote for post-yacht Michael McDonald. after the show, go back and listen to this, and you'll hear clearly it's classic Diane Warren, but with Michael McDonald's own, own incredible stank all over it. What do you guys think Michael McDonald's voice would smell like if it was a scent? Like, I think it would smell like sawed oak and high-end detergent, like with a hint of old dad fart. I think there'd be some, some like a hint of leather, like a, like a worn-in, comfortable saddle. I think it'd be a week-old hoagie doused in high karate. Masculine musk and burgundy wine. These are all fantastic theories. We're smart guys. Yeah. I'm so glad you got a high karate reference in. <laughs> um, this is the first of several songs in this episode that I did not realize were written by Diane Warren. Um, she's made. A, she's written a lot. She's been making hits nonstop since 1983. That's 33 years of hits. She's had no musical training, and you can hear it in her songs, and not necessarily in a bad way, but in how simple and straightforward the songs are. And I always thought that this this was one of the songs that made me think Michael McDonald was divorced. <laughs> it turned out he was in an amazingly loving relationship. Yeah. Um, like Michael McDonald's life, Diane Warren's songs are super simple. Usually they go like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then like a zone where there could be a bridge or a solo and any other type of... Then like another kind of chorus, then some soloing and vamping and just existing in the song for the last half to the third. I mean, it's a super common pop song structure. It's almost universal. The fact is Diane Warren doesn't rock the boat as far as how her songs feel. It's it's like a modified AABA songwriting technique that the Tin Pan Alley guys did. So she's kind of old school, right? Yeah. Am I it's wrong about that? Very basic uh, songwriting. Yeah, it's, a, it's a classic formula. It's uh, it's like you know, it's like when you study story structure. If you're gonna write uh, a screenplay, it's certain things just work. Look at the masters. Uh, and that's and it, what you're talking about is also kind of why Diane Warren has a reputation in some corners as this commercial hack who does. Uh, 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 she does ballads and she does pop songs. You formula. So sappy. 
Uh, and granted, I don't like all of her stuff, but I also don't think she's a hag. There's some sometimes when you apply a classic formula, it's because it fucking works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact is, starting like in the late '70s, like popular movies, pop music. Have a very, it's really adhered to this simple structure. It's programmed into our DNA. So when something nails that structure, it feels good and right and becomes a hit. And if you're this fucking prolific and you think that Diane Warren is a hack, shut up. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to be that prolific. Go fart in a puddle, ugly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Prince was really prolific. It's not like everything he did was genius. No, I there's, mean... But there's enough of it out there that he qualifies as a genius. And, and you may not like the songs, but there's no denying that they strike the right chord. The like, right like the, chord, yeah. the Celine Dion song, it's not my... I wouldn't be listening to that time. Uh, I yeah. song not all the like time. that one, but there are many songs on this countdown it's, that I do like. Well, it's... You know, I mean, yeah, that's a personal can, preference. I don't, I don't yeah, like well written. Yeah, I'm with Steve. I don't like it either, but it's still a well-written, well-constructed song. When that constructed, yes. I just want to be clear. I'm not saying I like that song. I'm saying. Why do you well. like Celine Dion so much? She's my fifth cousin once removed. Wait, is that true? Yep. Yeah, I feel like you've told this story before. Yeah, my grandma's maiden name is Diane, as they called it in Michigan. Oh. You know. Anyway. Uh, so the structure, when you sweat it from your pores like Diane Warren does, and you don't have to worry about building the bones of the skeleton every time, she's freed up to hit those emotional chords and work with any genre and artist. So here, you know, we've got a love song from Michael McDonald, pretty easy to pull off, but do you guys think she could pull off a power ballad for a solo album by Toto Steve Lukather? I'm gonna guess no. No. No, I think you've convinced me that she probably can because of her uh, adherence and mastery of structure. Let's see who's right. There's Steve's improv skills going against... Uh... Oh, here it is. Oh. It's a power ballad by uh, from a solo album from Toto guitarist Steve Lukather. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Hunter. I, we I really won. shit the bed on it that exists, one. It exists, therefore, it is successful. I yes-anded JD, and it turned out I was right. This song is my improv skills. This song is called Lonely Beat in My Heart. Um... It's great. It's really a great lost hit by Steve. <laughs> Wait, this was a hit? No. A lost song that should have been a hit. But for the variety of artists that have played her music, her songs, Diane Warren's songs are unmistakable once you get an ear for her language. So what makes a Diane Warren song? To me, there's a universal theme uh, of building up the emotionally destroyed. There are a lot of victims in her songs, and in every song, there's a character, either the narrator or the person they're addressing, who has been absolutely demolished and is either shocked to find themselves in a good place again, trying to build themselves up, or in the middle of an, the emotional shitter. She also used archetypal narrators, like, so this Michael McDonald song, she was, uh, he was singing to someone shocked they were in love again. And I call this archetype the reassurer, who says he's going to take care of you from now on. This Lukather song is a dude in the middle of the shit. I call it the victim narrator, and he's all over Diane Warren's songs again. Going, going hey, you destroyed me. You know, I'll point out the other archetypes as I, think as I see him. I think we're a victim. Steve Lukather's <laughs> song. You know what else makes a Diane Warren song? When it says written by Diane Warren. Mm -hmm. that, that'll do it. Usually it means that she wrote it. Mm -hmm. um, Frequently. So here's the other thing I noticed about her song, and we'll get to the countdown. In 100% of every one of her songs I've listened to, the singer is always addressing you. It's me, you, we. It gives her songs an intimacy and makes you instantly identify. Like in Sex Me Ups, but more like Pick Me Ups. 
because no matter how broken the characters of her songs have been, each song has an ass ton of hope. So whatever emotional situation you're in with, Diane Warren has a song that feels good to sing along with or have sung to you. It's lovely. This is a master class in songwriting technique. You all you aspiring songwriters out there, listen to J.D. Riznar break this shit down and then just go follow all these directions. Yeah. And you too can have a, a lucrative career in what remains of the music industry. <laughs> it's a five part series. By the end of this, you'll all be rich. Was that Tony Zaret? Yeah, yeah, Tony Zaret. Tony did the bumpers. Did the bumpers. Uh, Tony Zaret, friend of the podcast. Um, Aerosmith, don't want to miss a thing. Ugh. I know, you guys are thinking <laughs> Diane Warren writes some shit, but we're going to start slow and build up to some really bad Starting slow. real slow. That's the point I was super excited for Dan Diane Warren then. But this song got Diane Warren one of her eight Oscar nominations. Her songs have been in 60 movies. 60! In the year this came out, 99, that was Shakespeare in Love's year. So bad decisions were in the air. Yeah, standards were low. Yeah. This song got robbed by... If you think this song is bad, if you don't like this song, it got robbed by a song from that cartoon, The Prince of Egypt, that nobody remembers. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. I, don't, I didn't know there were songs in it. Yeah, it's a music. I don't know what the songs were. I think Boys to Men did one. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Uh, this this song was huge. This like I it's hard to believe this didn't win the Oscar because it was like number one for like multiple months, I think. It's because it was attached to the movie Armageddon. That's why it didn't <laughs> yeah. win an Oscar. Um, to me, this is one of the most awesome power ballads from a formerly awesome band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the 90s weren't a great place for these bands that used to be so cool and make such great music to die. But what better way to die to let your coolness fade away than in the arms of Diane Warren? Yeah. Taking, taking your last breath to her words? Awesome. I get that, but I really, really loathe this song. Um, I think Diane Warren just kind of reworked the Cher song, Just Like Jesse James, which she wrote. The choruses sound pretty similar to me. And not only was it nominated for an Academy Award, it also was nominated for a Golden Raspberry for the worst <laughs> original song. Huh. Hmm. I mean, it's, but it it's, didn't win that either. No, no, this one just can't can't win. Did the Prince of Egypt win that one too? I stopped my research. <laughs> I mean, it's it, but it's hard to leave this one off of a Diane Warren list because it was yeah. so goddamn huge. It was like one of her biggest hits ever. And not only that, it's the first like Aerosmith had been around for what forty years at this point, and. <laughs> 40 years in 99? Maybe, maybe 50 25. years. <laughs> um, and it was, everybody's familiar with the bulk of the Aerosmith catalog. This was their first number one, their only their number one song. Only. Yep. Yeah, the, through the whole crying crazy amazing, not a single number one hit. This, yep. was, this was the number one number one. Yeah, and I get I get to dust off an old joke I used to tell when this song came out. Which oh, what's is, that, Hunter? Which is, I'm a getting sick of this song. Oh! <laughs> Well, we're going to listen a little longer because I want to talk to you about how this fits into the Diane Warren genre. Oh, boy. I want to talk about the lyrics, too, so let's uh, okay. let's so get some talking. This song is sung by a guy who can't believe he's found love again. This is a uh, uh, Diane Warren archetype I call the Grateful. Clearly, he's been burned before because he's drinking up every moment, and it's a beautiful sentiment. I don't want to sleep because it's less time I have to spend with you. It's very nice. 
See, I just, I just, uh, see, that's why I don't like this one, is because, number one, you have to sleep. Uh, and number two, like, <laughs> I don't want to close my eyes because I'd miss you. Like, come just on, this, like, this is like Jesse fucking 15-year-olds texting each other. Like, that's the emotional level of it. You know, but, you know, it sounds like they're in the same bed, so there's not a reason to text. But, like, that's... You know, it's just like it's just like teenagers on like when people used to talk on the phone instead of texting and be like, "You hang up." No, you hang up. It's that kind of thing. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been in love. <laughs> yes, but I've it, been in love. It feels that way. It feels like you're a teenager again when you're in love. And this song captures that beautiful elegance of new love. Even when I am in love, I still want to go to sleep. <laughs> you need it. You'll die yeah, without you'll die it. die without also, sleep. Also, not also, sleeping. And when is his beloved supposed to sleep? Like, he won't close his eyes because he might miss something you do? Like, yeah, you're just going to watch her breathe while she sleeps? That's kind of creepy. Like, just just go to sleep so the woman can let out all these farts she's been holding in for the last two hours. <laughs> yeah, I call this character the obsessive. All right. We got to move on. Yeah. At number nine. Any money, stop stepping on my heart, coming at you at number nine. I'm a big Eddie Money fan, uh, at least his hits. And I never heard this one until last week. This was released in the 89, uh, at the height of Diane Warren's powers. It was a track, uh, one of the new tracks on his greatest hits albums, one of those kind of tracks. Yeah, that, that was a thing then. Yeah, like normally those are the ones you just leave off your iPod. Do, but, do people still use iPods? Am I? I do. Am I that old? Uh, okay. I, do do people younger than us still use iPods? Probably not. Uh, mine's plugged in, plugged into my car permanently. I think people who are t who are 25 now have used iPods in their yeah. teen years. It's all good. We're not that old. Yeah. I totally. Yeah. We're not super old. No, we're old. No. So if you listen to this song, you'll notice that Diane Warren is great at keeping the first verse super simple, lays out the situation nice and laid back so that the first chorus can just flourish and explode. And this song has a great pre-chorus. Here we are at it now. And then it's like cocking a shotgun to this chorus designed for big concerts. You know, like Eddie Money go, stop! And the crowd goes, stop! Like this, stop! 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 Yeah, it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's it a great really call and response, guys. Thanks. It, it didn't catch fire like Eddie Money wanted it to. But did you know he loves doing live shows? He's opened every season of the concert venue in Michigan, formerly known as Pine Knob, since 1992. I went to four or five of those shows. Did he play this song? I don't think so. <laughs> I, Ed, I, I, I have a theory now that Eddie Money just must love Michigan, uh, now that you say that, because he also played My Little Hometown of Big Rapids back in 1988, uh, but I was just starting to get into music that wasn't my parents, so I didn't go, like I didn't know who this guy was or that he was any big deal, and later I was like, oh fuck, I missed Eddie Money, it's one of the biggest things that's ever happened here. And I looked up, I found a scanned newspaper article on Google, <laughs> which said that money humored the crowd by changing his lyrics to, I've got two tickets to Ferris State, which is the college in my hometown. I had no idea Ferris State was so elite, you gotta get tickets to go to yeah. that college. There's plenty of good seats still available. <laughs> 
just I mean, like the, that at a Muddy concert. The Ferris hockey team is pretty darn good. They played for the national championship a few years ago. Yeah, so did our college. Our college won it, like, a bunch. Yeah, but it's a much bigger achievement for Ferris State to be playing for Got the it. national championship. I, I just want to say that the tickets to all those Eddie Money shows, the two tickets that I usually got were for free at the liquor store down the street for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to the Diane Warren. The song is uh, Diane Warren's victim archetype. Um, uh, this guy's in a relationship that's just crushing him. The you in this song that he's singing to has the power to free him of his pain, but she won't do it. And uh, a lot of Diane's music does what this song does, which is put a message out in the world hoping the person who needs to hear it would hear it. And so, like, for all the pussies out there waiting for their terrible relationships to end, uh, they may hear this and go, oh man, that's me, I'm a pussy. I gotta do something about this. So yeah, you, stop Diane waiting Warren. for your terrible relationships to end, everybody. He's better uh, out there. You think Eddie Money would have more self-confidence with a name like Eddie Money? Yeah, yeah. It's actually Eddie Mahoney. I know. He shortened it to Money. But I gotta say, Money kicks ass. That's one of the great rock names of all time. Yeah, that's it really true. Is. Number eight. Tony's bringing it. Tony with these, is uh, nailing it. Taylor Dane, I'll be your shelter. Taylor Dane was hot shit when this song came out. Just turned up the power on the faucet of hits that she was flowing out of. Um, <laughs> really sold it. I mean, it's Taylor Dane. This is, it's not saying a lot to say this is one of my favorite Taylor Dane songs, yeah. but it is. It's, it's in my top ten yeah. Taylor Dane songs. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you can tell from my love of artists like Kathy Dennis and Sophie B. Hawkins, Taylor Dane's right in my wheelhouse of milk toast 90s hit singing women. With big lips. <laughs> That's true, she had big lips. Can I interrupt I, you if she, when she gets into what I call the Taylor scream? It's right here. Oh, right here. Okay. <laughs> she got. <laughs> That's how she sings. <laughs> she's, she's also, she's got a little bit of a yarl in there. Yeah, it, I, I call it the Taylor scream. Um. <laughs> Yeah, this is a Donald Trump of the podcast, though. I can't take, I can't listen to this woman scream into the microphone. <laughs> I don't like her because of it. No, it's all I hear when I hear her sing. It's like being in a parrot shop. <laughs> um, I, it's weird. Taylor Dane is weird to me because, like, there's about a three or four year period in the late 80s where, like, every single she released was this huge hit. But it never really felt like she herself was a big star, like on the level of a Whitney Houston or a Mariah Carey or anybody like that. And then once Alternative Rock hit, she just like disappeared off the map. She actually has continued to have hits, but they're like dance club hits, so none of us would know them. Yeah, we don't and dance. And then the um, she's acted on a bunch of like TV shows. Really? Yeah. It's just that her voice is a is an acquired taste. Yeah. Um, necessarily have anything to do with Diane Warren. Sorry, JD. That's okay. I actually I considered this song for sex me ups, but the sexual uh, proposition wasn't overt enough. But it's totally about sex. Shelter is sexual security. Uh, I'm someone you can fuck when you need. This is totally a sex me up. Yeah, I, I, I took it as more of an emotional shelter. Yeah, like well, I'm the person you can pull up your dump truck and dump out all your feelings on me, and I can actually. I'll put up with it. That's probably more likely. This is 
this is Diane Warren's reassure archetype, like in that Michael McDonald song we heard at the top. So whoever Diane is singing to, he's been damaged. It's been it's someone about to give up on their relationship, and she's gotta reassure him that things are gonna be awesome if you stick with her. Which I think we just heard the na na chorus. Yeah. Yeah. Is that lazy writing? It's the only part of the song that I remembered. Okay. Um, this song was actually originally written for Tina Turner, but she passed on it. Uh, I get, I get how it was. It totally sounds yeah. like it could be a good Tina yeah, Turner song. Yeah, definitely in her voice. But I can see why she turned it down because Tina Turner can't play the reassurer. Like she, she's a confident ass kicker who's got no time for pussy ass men who need to be coddled and assured. Yeah, she, you don't pull up your emotional dump truck on Tina Turner. No, but Taylor Dane just like, yeah, I'll sing another Diane Warren song. Let's turn on that money faucet. Woo! I, yeah, this is not my favorite uh, Diane Warren, Taylor Dane song. I prefer Love Will Lead You Back, which is a number one hit yeah, ballad. Yeah, was more popular. One of eight of her number one hits. Number seven. Uh, number seven's Millie Vanilli, Blame It on the Rain. That's right, Robin Fab didn't even write their music. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> what? Wouldn't that be amazing if they were just amazing? They were the best songwriters, but just couldn't sing. It we're would shy. It would totally change their characters. We're shy. Uh, this song is the shittiest production I've ever heard in my life. Like, they were really like, these dudes are so handsome, we can just do whatever ever we want. Like, let's uh, call 11-year-old J.D. Riznar to play the synths on his comb Casio. Like someone playing a tin can in the background. Around there. <laughs> See, I, my 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 take on Millie Vanilli is the problem is not that they hired male models to lip sync the songs. It was their the bike problem shorts. is that <laughs> <laughs> you're getting closer. Them them and Corey Glover really rocked that look. <laughs> nice living color reference. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, the problem is that the, their producer, Frank Farian, felt like he had to drop that paid-in-full beat by Eric B. and Rakim in, like, every fucking song. Yeah, yeah. why is that like, a problem? It's because it's the same fucking beat every time. It's in Girl, You Know It's True. It was in the follow-up, Baby, Don't Forget My Number. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a variation on it in the chorus of this song. All great songs. There's a slowed-down imitation of it in Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, which was their ballad hit. Like, you can't drop a chorus if you're Millie Vanilli without that one sampled beat. It's the same fucking... It's uh, it's like this having the same hey, guitar solo in every song. If it ain't broke. Yeah. But hey, are you sure it wasn't broke? <laughs> when it, when Diane Warren has written the words, you can do any hack thing you want, the song will still might be a hit. <laughs> it's sturdy. It's a sturdy structure. Yeah, you've got the foundation. You can stand up to repetitive production techniques. Yeah. And this this song uh, features a Diane Warren ar- archetype that you don't hear often, the advisor. I know I talked about her songs being intimate, but this is once removed. Yeah, the you that the narrator's singing to in this song is a guy who fucked up. But this guy's singing is outside of the situation. So if the argument is that Diane Warren songs build up the emotionally destroyed, this is one of the best. Which, with an important message, if you suffer heartbreak, don't blame yourself. You may never love if you do. You may never love again if you do. And, uh, yeah, that just leads to needing more Diane Warren songs. It's a vicious circle. It really is. Um... When I was a kid and I went skiing, 
it was terrifying. I used to sing this song in my head as I would go down the hill, afraid for my life, and it used to calm me down. That's a weird story, but it's true. Yeah, it's a very calming song. The same I just th- keep remembering that dance they do, where like one arm would go out and they'd kick one way, and the arm would go out and they'd kick the other way. Never yeah, missed up with these guys. <laughs> I, I like to use this song for comfort too. Like if this song, if this podcast, I feel like is turning out shitty, I'd sing, uh, blame it on the Dave who was farting, farting. Oh yeah, he does that a lot. Blame it on the hunter who researched all night. Yeah, he does that too. But whatever you do, don't put the blame on Steve because he's a perfect angel. I'd kiss if he had boobs. Thank you. I feel like oh, I'm losing you. ground to Steve as your love interest in this podcast. You sure are. Yeah, pay attention, shippers. Tony busted out the sound effects machine. (laughs) Uh, Number six, Chicago Look Away, sung by our old friend, obsession of the podcast, Bill Champlin. Yeah. I was going to interrupt you and say Bill Champlin was in this song. You ruined it. Sorry. Sorry, Hunter. No Uh, interruption for you. This song was originally offered to Europe for their album Out of This World, and it's amazing how many stories there are of artists turning down Diane Warren songs that turn into mega hits for other people. And this this right here, to me, this is top quality Warren. I like this song a lot. Um, top shelf Warren. Top shelf. <laughs> top notch. Premium Warren. This is Diane Warren uh, Green Label. Right? That's a good... I- you know, I never good? understood yeah. all those. No. But we, no, we green isn't as good as blue. We should okay. ask Vangelis to, <laughs> to tell us what the what this, the colors are. This is green label. If there's if blue is better, this is green label. The yeah. good one it is gets a better. green. <laughs> oh, oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't get my reference? Oh, I do. Yeah, like the horse, like the horse. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Johnny Walker song. Oh, yeah, uh, you're just humoring me at the beginning of that. The down shelf is a black. <laughs> yeah, the next shelf it. is the green. <laughs> the top shelf is a blue. I was, yeah. se- I was setting you up, bro. Um. <laughs> So this Diane Warren <laughs> archetype is the victim. We have fun. We have fun in this podcast. We have a lot of fun, you guys. <laughs> um, this is the victim archetype, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little qualifier. It's the obnoxious, passive-aggressive victim. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, this guy's actively trying to bum out his ex-girlfriend, even though it's it seems like the breakup was mutual. So it's ironic. He's saying "look away" while still trying to yank her in emotionally. This guy's a villain. Yeah, yeah he's really passive-aggressive. He's like even a little sarcastic, especially at the end of the song, and. It's it's that, that really unself-aware way that only dudes who truly think they're really, really nice can pull off. Like he's so melodramatic and self-pitying that you start to understand why she probably left his ass. Jesus Christ, you guys really know how to kick a guy when he's down. Listen, Peter Cetera knew he made a huge mistake when he left Chicago, and he doesn't need you, Bill Champlin, or Diane Warren rubbing it in, all right? He made his own bed. He had an okay career after that. Yeah, this song could is probably all from the perspective of Peter Cetera. Yeah, yeah. meeting meeting Chicago, uh-huh. walking past Chicago. God, and like, how much does a guy have to be crying to like run into his o- old lover or his old band and and be actively crying? He had to be crying constantly. Yeah, he's really prepared for the eventuality that he's yeah. gonna walk past her on the street. Yeah, I think uh, this voice he it tells me he's hanging out outside of her apartment with a pair of tweezers. When he sees the door open, it yanks a nose hair, so he's like crying. He's like, see, see what you did to me? Don't look at me. Peter Cetera's a dick. 
<laughs> so I, I, I try to think about Diane Warren's song from a storytelling perspective so I could map one like I did the Steve Perry Sherry. But really, it's impossible to do because, like, this narrator, he doesn't change. He's got no arc. Like, Diane Warren's songs are more of a snapshot than a whole story. Her characters don't really change. Yeah, it's like at a pivotal emotional moment. Or at the, the moment of maximum emotional impact in the story. Uh, chart trivia for this song, even though this was song this song was only number one for two weeks, but it was Billboard magazine's number one song of 1989, which is kind of a, partly a quirk of how songs that are released very early in the year can pile up more sales and airplay points than songs that come late in the year. Oh, another Diane Warren number one, huh? Number one. Uh, how about that? Huh. So if you want to have a hit song, make sure you release it in January. Yeah. If, mm -hmm. you, if you want to be, be the Billboard want, song of the yeah, year. Yeah, the, the year-end charts. Oh, we made it to the end of the song. Good Yay! Job. Fifty states and fifty podcasts—the greatest segment in podcasting history. We're getting off the bus in a new state, Dave. Where are we? Uh, I'll tell you in just a moment. You know where John Denver's from? Well, it ain't Denver, Denver? fellas. It ain't even Colorado. Denver. And it certainly isn't West Virginia. Wait! This country boy is from New Mexico. <laughs> what? The Show Me State. <laughs> the Show Me? Wait. John Denver. That's Missouri. <laughs> years, years before he flew his plane into a mountain in a cocaine-filled rage. Allegedly. Henry John Dusendorf Jr. was the son of... Dusendorf? <laughs> Dusendorf. <laughs> is it Dusendorf? Dusendorf. Wait, hold on, hold on. You, with no evidence, just accused John Denver of being a cokehead and called him a douche in one I'm not done. poorly read sentence. <laughs> Deuces dwarfs. He was the son of an Air Force pilot in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh, Roswell! His grandma gave him a guitar at the Area age of 51. 11. He moved around a bunch, recorded some songs, and apparently had an illicit affair with Janice from the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> Is John Denver an alien? Tell yeah, us more about so. fucking the puppet. Oh, did you also know that he's a chainsaw-wielding maniac? I don't care. Wait. Have you ever heard that story? I'm sorry. No. Dave just said he fucked a puppet, and we rolled right over it. I brought in a newspaper clip. Oh. <laughs> uh, John Denver's career in ruins following Trist with Muppet. Huh. Dave is actually holding a, a printed out copy. Wait, of what? Newspaper. <laughs> what newspaper published that? Uh, it's a uh, it's a little known one out of Wisconsin. It's called the Onion. They've got, some good, they've got some good stuff in here. I can't believe we just did that bit. <laughs> you may also know him as the co-star of the 1977 George Burns vehicle, Oh God. But seriously, have you ever guys have you guys ever heard the chainsaw wielding? Yeah, didn't he chase thing? someone off his property with a chainsaw or no, assault he, his wife? He can't cut his bed in half with a chainsaw. Oh yeah. Who else is from New Mexico? I got a Glenn Campbell, the Shins, Bo Diddley. They're all from New Mexico. Good work, Dave. Let's get back on the bus. Well, there's a lot more about New Mexico. I don't oh, care. Let's see a little more. <laughs> get back on the bus. 47 State, 1912. Good job. I'm mad at you Number for doing five that. Oh. Mad at you for doing that lame onion bit. Well, if I hadn't said it was the onion, it would have been fine. No, because it, it was the onion. 
That's the whole. That's why it was terrible. That's like a bad Facebook post. Yeah. From a from a dumb relative. I wrote it late last night, guys. I was okay. sleepy. Well, I'm, I'm happy you put in effort. I didn't even know it was coming. I appreciate that. Uh, this is song number five, Heart. Who will you run to? It's the opening track from Heart's 1987 album, Bad Animals. We're deep into corporate 80s rock heart by this time. Boys. And I want to say I, to the world, I will take 80s corporate heart over 70s classic rock radio heart any goddamn day of the week. Absolutely. It's hey, so good. They're coming over to Van Hagar's side. You hear that? Yeah. 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 yeah welcome to the adulthood. Yeah. But that unlike, uh, really unlike Hagar, still. heart still had sex appeal. Um, I was going to do a joke off of Steve saying every day of the week. Every day? of the goddamn week. How about Thwinster Day? Especially on Thwinster Day. That's the best day to listen to 80s corporate rock art. We can all agree that that's a fact. Yep. Objective. Uh, Steve, you know who else loves 80s corporate rock? Who? Hart herself. Years ago, I was pitching a movie with a guy who used to work for Cameron Crowe, and we were about to have coffee with Nancy Wilson. You know, she was going to write the songs uh, for... She was going to write the music from a movie if it was made. Um, yeah, so I was having coffee with Nancy Wilson. Oh, man. Um, man, first first Hunter spills his coffee all over the rug in here, and now you're, like, dropping names all over the place. Yeah. No, that oh. a mess. I was going to say, his story came first. And she didn't spill her coffee. So before the meeting, my friend was like, don't say anything disparaging about Hart's 80s corporate rock phase, because Nancy's really proud of it. And I was like, no problem. Yeah, good. She should be proud of it. Yeah, and the meeting was good. She talked about how she liked my script, and she'd been noodling with my lyrics on the piano. So, you know, just like, what a life, you know? How have you never told us this story Yeah, before? you never told you I've, I've never heard this story before I, I feel left out I have it's because I Jerk. it's because no, I experience very little joy in life so it doesn't stand out as anything interesting to do you me. think they tell everybody who meets a heart not to bring up their 80s stuff or do you think it was just something about you that made them something about me being like a musical satirist yeah. Off the Yacht Rock. Yeah, I'm assuming they'd yeah. seen Yacht Rock and thought you were going to give her the old uh, the old Yacht Rock treatment. The business. <laughs> what an asshole to walk into a meeting and be like, oh, I hate your stuff. <laughs> love dr- love Dreamboat Annie? Everything after that? What so, happened to you two? Yeah. so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm guy? JD. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's Scott. Scott yeah, Martin. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, I, I remember him. He's fella. a good dude. Loves beer. Yeah. Oh, so do I. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what else I love is like, really well-constructed music thanks. that is memorable, like and, 80s Heart. 80s Heart. Thanks yeah. for bringing it back. This is Diane Warren's victim archetype that we're listening to. Um, but unlike the, the passive-aggressive... Bill Champlin narrator, this is a vengeful victim. Her man is about to leave her for another woman, but she's getting into his head hard. Like she's basically telling this dude, that tramp gonna break your heart, and I ain't gonna be there to clean it up with that mess, you wuss. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Tr- trying to do a character voice and read mm-hmm. off an outline at the same time, very yeah. hard. Very yeah, hard. what was that accent? It was Hart. It was Seattle. It was a Seattle accent. Oh, yeah, now I hear it. Um, That's how people in Seattle talk. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Where did this come from? I love this song. It came from the pen of Diane Warren. Yeah, this is a nice one. Yeah, good. Bad English, when I see you smile. 
Bad English was a super group. Basically, it was a mashup of Journey and the Babies. You got Jonathan Kane and Neil Sean, but with John Waite singing. And John Kane was also in the Babies with John Waite, and so was the bass player, uh, who we'll call Bassy Bass Bass, because who cares? Ricky Phillips! <laughs> I looked it up. I guess Steve cares. I took, I took your, I took your note as a, a challenge. Um, so Neil Sean's on this song, so it's got an awesome guitar solo. Completely unnecessary to make a Diane Warren song a hit, a good guitar solo. Because yeah. It's a great cherry on top. But yeah, like, if you've got Neil Sean, you're going to want to get a great guitar solo out yeah. of it. Yeah, you show a gun well. in the first act. But if, it, if it's 1989 and you're recording a Diane Warren song, you could just drop the guitar on the ground over and over again for 16 measures and it'd still be a hit. It'd be an avant-garde break in the middle. Yeah, and if Neil Sean did it, you know it's going to be good. How pissed off do you think Steve Perry was when he heard this great song sung by John Waite and he thought to himself, I could have fucking sang this song. Can't you hear Steve Perry singing this song? You mentioned that, and I can, and it's all I've been thinking about, and I think it may be the greatest thing I've ever imagined. But I will say that Steve Perry wrote his own shit, so oh, he yeah. probably didn't care. But I also, well, I also think he's super competitive and jealous. That's true. Um, this is yet another Diane Warren number one song. It's one of my karaoke favorites. And it's an easy song to sing. So fellas, take a lady you like to karaoke date and sing this song to her. She'll give you a handy, at least. I actually think he references an H.J. in this song. Because he says, what the touch of your hand can do, it's nothing I ever knew. Make me ejaculate. Yeah, yeah he also he's says, never ejaculated before. everything's terrible until he sees her reach for him. I think we've cracked the code on this yeah. one, fellas. Subliminal yeah. messaging. The smile is the smile between her legs. The vertical smile. Yeah. And that ray of light is coming right out of her vagina. Wow. Yep. Oh, Man. just like in those shows you can see. Those shows you can those see? those clubs in overseas. Oh, I've never... Yeah. Wow. I've heard. Wait, wait, what? Never, Be more specific. <laughs> I've You're never being, seen. You know, oh. you know, she gets up on stage and she shoots light out of her, her, her hoo-ha and then... Everybody's amazed. Well, I've never heard of these shows. Oh, yeah. they're, they, they're called light shows. Do they put I'm a, surprised you've never heard of them. They're overseas. I did not I make them up. All right. Do they find women who can do that naturally, or do they have a flashlight? No one knows. Oh, wow. It's a great mystery. <laughs> huh. Um, well, i got to get on the internet. Tell me about it. This narrator is Diane Warren's grateful narrator, like uh, the guy in the Aerosmith, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Uh, this is a great song to pump anyone up. This guy has been through some heavy-duty, heartbreaking shit. He's kind of a weakling. Weak men seem to be a theme in Diane Warren's music. You guys realize? You guys notice that? Yeah, oh yeah, you had that point earlier about, uh, uh, not earlier, but we didn't get to it, about how she's single. Oh yeah, Diane Warren never has really been in a relationship. She hasn't been in a relationship in 20 years. Like, And she doesn't like writing with other people. She's yeah. very solitary in her style. Very independent, yes. Would uh, you think it's weak men or sentimental men? I think it's weak men. Just straight, it's it's straight men that need, that need comfort and building up. It's men who need a woman fragile, to, make, masculine to make them feel better about themselves. And a lot of times the person singing is that woman. But this guy's a weakling. Uh, he, but his baby smile makes him strong. Do you think that Diane Warren has contempt for a weak man? And she writes to him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she, I don't think it's contempt. I think it's just like sympathy, or it's just it's just a story. That's it's a th it's a thing you gotta manage. Yeah, women the world over have to manage this shit. Smile. 
But number three, baby! <laughs> He's really inspiring me to make my own bumpers. <laughs> you should do it. It's I fun. could probably play some of those guitar licks, those hot licks. Uh, this is DeBarge, Rhythm of the Night. Wow, I had no idea this was a Diane yeah, Warren not, song. Not I. I never would have guessed. Is, no. This is my favorite song. Blue my mind. Favorite song from first grade. Uh, I documented it in a little book called All About Me that we did in class. Uh, so Diane Warren was still moving me when I was mm -hmm. seven, and her music still gets me at 38, so that's some powerful universal shit. I don't think there's anybody she wasn't moving with this song. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, like even I knew about this in elementary school, and I didn't pay any attention to music at that point. Yeah, I discovered this on a, a show called Nick Rocks, which was a half an hour Nickelodeon show. You don't, that have, played to, music you don't videos. have to explain to our audience what Nick Rocks was. Everybody watching it. Sorry, audience, I did not mean to underestimate you. Yeah, don't underestimate Joe from Chicago. <laughs> they played this and other Diane Warren songs and probably some other music. Um, this was released in 85. It wasn't a number one hit, but it was her first top... Or it wasn't even her first top ten hit. It hit number three and was really given credit to to, to have jump-started her career. And it's DeBarge's biggest hit. Really? Yeah. I can't believe this isn't hit number one. You That's gotta insane think, You gotta to me. think 1985, man. Like, all the great music that yeah, was on the charts then. In other news... Pushing Van Halen for the well, This did go number one on the adult contemporary charts, and number one on the black singles charts. I don't know how you finger, figure out the color of a song, but apparently this one was black. Oh, I, best one. I, I researched this. Yeah, this is confusing the, to me. The Billboard R&B chart was renamed Hot Black Singles yeah, in changing. 1982. No word on whether these hot black singles lived in my area. <laughs> Little internet advertising humor for you there. Uh, they changed the chart name back to R&B in 1990, and then they modified it to Hot R&B slash Hip Hop Singles in 1999. It was also on the Barry Gordy produced monster fun of a movie, The Last Dragon. Dragon soundtrack. Oh, yeah. With, with uh, you know, Bruce Leroy, Shownuff, Vanity was on the, in that movie, DeBarge. Yeah. Great fucking soundtrack. There's a poster hanging of that in the Motown Museum in uh, Detroit. If you've never seen that movie, see it. Treat yourself. So this song is one of Diane Warren's reassurer narrators, like in Taylor Dane's song. This guy is letting the, the subject know everything will be okay just as long as she dances all night with him. This is a great pick-me-up song. If you like shit, listen to this song. Take Diane Warren's advice. Dance, dance all, all night. night. You'll feel better. As a big DeBarge fan, I have to say credit to Diane Warren because this is I feel like this is one of his weakest vocal performances. He's very... Uh, I don't know, I, very passive in this song, oddly enough, his voice sounds you like... He's just riding the beat, man. Which is Feeling great. The rhythm. Which is great. I've actually, I've actually had somebody tell me I listened to too much DeBarge. Who? Russ. We actually talked about him on our podcast. That person is not your friend. Welcome to the, the most recent song ever featured on Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast. We're totally in touch with contemporary culture, guys. This is Lady Gaga, If It or Till It Happens to You. Um, kind of a bummer of a song. Yeah. It's her least hopeful song. Absolute bummer. Um, you may remember this song from the Oscars this year. 
The performance kind of made me cry a little bit. It's from a documentary about sexual assault on college campuses called The Hunting Ground. And the performance had Gaga at a piano surrounded by survivors holding signs. And as a father of a tiny daughter, all I could think was, I wonder how many had to listen to Jimmy Buffett while it was happening. <sighs> yeah. Some of them may have had to listen to Dave Matthews, but Buffett's way, way worse. Yeah. I think, I think there was a sign. If you go back and look at the performance, I think somebody's holding a sign that says, Buffett was playing. Yeah. Yeah. God, Jesus Christ. Anyway, it was really depressing. <laughs> trying to get drunk and enjoy campy Oscar fun, and I had to think about what a horrible fucking place the world is and how I can't do anything about it. Were we we were together that night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were all yeah, we were yeah. all in the living room there. Yeah. It was also number one on the U.S. Dance Club songs, <laughs> which makes perfect fucking sense, right? Oh God, what is wrong with people? After I read that, I, I was convinced that there was a remix of this song. Sure enough, there is. You can and it's, you can find a horrifying video of people dancing to it. God, is there a remix of Tori Amos's "Me and a Gun"? I don't that, know that people would listen to in a I, dance club. I bet Jesus. there is. I guarantee it's, you, there is. Oh God. The depths of missing a point never uh, never surprise me. But listen, guys, don't. I'm glad you're not dumping too hard on Lady Gaga because she's a national treasure. I think we all like Lady yeah. Gaga. Uh, I don't really listen to her, but I don't like. Yeah, I, I don't hate her. I no, don't, I. I don't disapprove of her. While I'm not a fan of her music, I appreciate what she does, and that Poker Face song's pretty damn catchy. Yeah. Well, she here's what she does. She forces us to take a different look at the celebrities we worship. Exactly. Uh, she trolls the idiots who obsess over famous people by shocking them into obsessing over her. It's brilliant. And uh, she's also an incredibly prolific and talented songwriter. If her work, if she were active in the 80s, we'd probably be covering her in this series. Yeah. Just the fact that I know this isn't her song. She didn't write this one, but she does write the majority of her own songs. She was she was she co-wrote this song. Oh, okay. And there's a there's a controversy. Linda Perry of Four Non Blondes, also a prolific and talented songwriter, mm -hmm. was like, Lady Gaga didn't write this song. It's all Diane Warren. She just gave Lady Gaga songwriting credit so Gaga would promote it more. And, uh, and it's all bullshit. It's all Diane Warren. But Diane Warren's like, who cares? Yeah. Who yeah. It was such a she's just that cool. Spat. Um, both, uh, both one of the few women in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, Linda Perry and yeah, Warman. and we'll talk about another one next week. Um, but this is the ultimate of Diane Warren's victim narrators. And the great thing about this song is, even though it's in the context of sexual assault, she could be a victim of anything: uh, sexual assault, simple heartbreak, or even a victim of murder. What if the narrator was a ghost, guys? Until you get murdered, you won't know how it feels. Yeah, until the murder happens to you. Yeah, yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. Well, it's some more songs it's, sung by ghosts. You need a little more empathy it's, out there for it's ghosts. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a bad part of the human condition is that we don't care about, like, things until we know somebody personally that was affected by it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all part of the just world fallacy. We want to believe that the world is just and that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people and that we can control our own destinies. Really important that I put this at number two so it would bum us out <laughs> because here's our number one. I think I figured out his formula. <laughs> the best part of 1987's hit film Mannequin, Starship, nothing's gonna stop us now. Yeah. 
This is the song that got Diane Warren her first Oscar nomination. I believe she won the Golden Globe for this song. And it's also her first number one hit. She really? actually huh. co-wrote yeah, co it. This is the one song that, uh, other than with Lady Gaga, that she has a co-writing credit with, with Albert Hammond. Uh, and the song's from his inspiration. His wife wouldn't finalize his divorce. And so he wanted to marry his girlfriend. So once the divorce was finally finalized, he's like, hey, nothing's going to stop us now. Oh, what a sweet story, you guys. Yeah, it's a real Hollywood love story. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. So this is also a rare Diane Warren duet, mm. uh, sung by Mickey Thomas and Grace Slick, the two singers of Jefferson or Starship. Starship. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, careful! Yeah, okay. the, the cool thing about this uh, being a duet is it gives us two Diane Warren reassuring narrators who sing to each other, and the result is just absolutely inspiring. Yeah. I, I especially love Grace Slick's vocal on this song because. By comparison, Mickey Thomas's voice is so nondescript, and then Grace Slick will bust in with this like this demented rock and roll Ethel Merman. <laughs> now, keep keep in mind that I am a terrible singer, but if I privately try to do impressions of Grace Slick or Ethel Merman, they sound very very similar. Uh, I even wrote a tweet about that as one of my first tweets on Wait. Twitter, and that that is that gonna gimmick. Do it? I don't know. I don't know. Should I try? Yes. Okay. Mr. Uh, <clears throat> Improv. Wait. I'll do. I'll wait for her to come in here. Okay, okay, okay here we go. I, this is good stuff. Go. MC Wickleese, what do they know? <laughs> yep. What do they around me, baby? Don't ever let go. Yep. Like yeah. Everything's you coming know, up roses. Assuming, mm -hmm. You know, if uh, if I could carry a tune, it would have been even better. Hey, don't be so down on yourself. Listen to this song more often. <laughs> yeah. This is the best song to listen to when you're. And down by, by the way, that works all the way back to Jefferson Airplane. Like you can you can do somebody to love in that voice. I as feel well. they had kinship with the Taylor scream. Yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Guys. Had a little yarl in there. Guys, if you're doing a bad job golfing, you listen to this song, you'll get better at golfing. If you're approaching a yellow light and running late. You listen to this song, you're going to make it through that yellow light. Yeah, because the light's not going to stop you. No, absolutely Nothing not. Nothing is going Nothing. To. Did I tell you that I sing songs in my head when I'm golfing to help help me keep pace with my swing? Yeah, okay. I do that too. Did I tell you that? No, but right. is this I one of them? I told Lane. No, it's not one of them. But this is a good one. I got to try yeah. it. Uh, mine was Big Shot by Billy Joel, <laughs> but it's left over from when I was like in seventh grade. So hopefully I get a pass. They come out of nowhere. Oh, and in case you're curious, guys, Mannequin doesn't stand up. Oh, God, no. It doesn't stand it up hard. It really, really does not. I mean, even for an Andrew McCarthy vehicle, it's not good. Meshach Taylor stands up. He's brilliant in this, in these movies. R.I.P. R.I.P. Meshach Taylor. He'll always that, be my mannequin. Well, that, that's our Diane Warren song list, and she's great and wonderful. But what, what did I miss on the list, guys? Well, one of my all-time favorite Diane Warren songs is If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. And I want to share, a, a, hopefully, a quick little story about one of my favorite memories of my grandfather. Hold on. Okay, I want to into Carlisle. I get weak. That's I cede the rest one. of my time to Steve. And I wanted Dave to say, uh, Michelle Obama, this is for my girls. Oh, good choice. Uh, back to Steve. Okay, so my grandfather, it was late in his life. He had multiple heart attacks and strokes by this point. Uh, it was hard for him to move around. He suffered. He's nothing's been through some shit. Nothing's gonna stop nothing, him Nothing now. was gonna stop him until... 
so I'm visiting them. I'm, I'm sitting in the living room watching MTV on this little TV. And Cher's video for If I Could Turn Back Time comes on. You know, it's the one where she's prancing around the aircraft carrier in a body stocking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those it's sailors. like a piece of electrical tape covering her butt crack. And uh, guns so my grandfather, shit. my grandfather walks into the living room slowly. Very, he's moving really, really slowly at this point in his life, and he's he doesn't see what's on the TV. He walks past it and he's just like crossing the room to sit in the chair that's on the other side of me, and I'm just sitting there like, I wonder how this is going to play out. <laughs> so he finally, finally, painstakingly makes his way to the chair, sits down. You know, he's putting in some effort. And he finally settles into the chair. He finally looks up and he sees what's on the television. And he just stares at it for a second. What in Sam Hill are you watching? And gets right back up out of the chair. <laughs> Takes just as long to cross back out of the room. That was it for him. He couldn't uh, handle Cher's butt. He could butt. not handle Cher's wow. butt. Man, that movie, that, uh, that uh, story had far less masturbation than I thought yeah. it was going to have. <laughs> I still want yeah, no, to go as Cher uh, for Halloween from that video. Have you yet? No. I'm shocked. Oh, you can show off your tramp stamp. No, I uh, want to go as Cher and Cher with my wife. Different eras of Cher. Um, <laughs> next week, Hunter stares in the captain's chair, bringing us the songs of Holly Knight as our songwriter series continues. Find this week's Songs of Diane Warren playlist by following J.D. Risner on Spotify. Go to our page at feralaudio.com for show notes. It's a new thing we have. They're incredible and deep and compiled by our archivist, Tim Melcom. He's yeah, incredible. He's, he's going to yeah. get the new ones up hopefully first, and then he'll be gradually working, working his catalog. way back uh, yeah. through the back catalog. So keep checking, keep checking back to our page on Feral Audio because it's, it's great. Shit tons of links, guys. Uh, send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Keep us buzzed about. Yeah, we're still in the top ten of buzzed about. Buzzing. Uh, go to YachtRock.com for what will hopefully one day be a useful experience. We're getting closer, guys. We're getting closer. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Tony Zaret at Tony Zaret for sending the bumpers. Thanks to producer Dustin Marshall. The ever-present headphones around his neck are like a stoned angel's halo. Check out other feral audio podcasts like Getting On with James Urbaniak. I'm writing a thing for it pretty oh, soon. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. He's going to read it. It's going to be great. Great. That's all. All right. Steve, Good, goodbye, don't, everybody. Don't forget to send Tim a picture of your grandpa. Ha, 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 ha.